Hello, and welcome to the University of Minnesota Swine Extension podcast series. My name is Sarah Sheik Belke, and I'm a Swine Extension educator with the University of Minnesota. Joining me on today's podcast is Lee Johnston, who is a professor of swine nutrition and management, as well as director of operations at the University of Minnesota West Central Research and Outreach Center. To get us started today, Lee, Will you tell us a little bit about yourself, including your research interests? Yeah, sure, Sarah. My background, I grew up on a dairy farm in western Pennsylvania, and I uh, went to school at Penn State, and that's where I got introduced to pigs, and uh, found out that that was really enjoyable and interesting to me, and from there I, I studied at uh, Texas Tech University for my master's in swine nutrition and helped manage the research herd there at that time. Then went on to Michigan State for a PhD, Swine Nutrition and Management, and uh, also served as Assistant State Extension Specialist in the swine area while in school there. Uh, after school, I came to the University of Minnesota, here to the Research and Outreach Center in Morris as an assistant professor, and have been uh, working here ever since, doing swine research, um, nutrition and management research, as well as swine extension work. I really enjoy sows and sow nutrition, sow management. Uh, currently, we're working on some of those issues as well as uh, pig housing and uh, use of renewable energy in pig production systems. Um, recently, been also interested in fetal imprinting and some of the issues around, uh, around that topic. Thank you. I think it's always interesting to hear people's background and kind of what led them to where they are today. So today I'd like to talk to you about the effects of reduced nocturnal temperature on pig performance and energy consumption in swine nursery rooms, as I know that's a title of some research that you had done a few years ago, but I think it's still applicable to us today. So in reference to that research that you did, what gave you and your collaborators the idea to do research in this area? Well, it, it goes back to some of the interest in um, energy conservation in, in ag production. We have a project here at our center called uh, the Greening of Agriculture, and it's focused on trying to reduce the use of fossil fuels in um, production agriculture. This study that we, we uh, completed with reduced nocturnal temperature, actually we did that before this Greening of Ag project, but the whole idea around it was, is, are there ways that we can conserve fossil fuels um, that would reduce cost, reduce the impact on the environment in terms of generation of greenhouse gases and so forth, and still maintain pig health and performance so that the producer wins, the environment wins, and, and uh, pig performance maintains uh, status quo. And so that's kind of what got us started on the idea. Uh, several years ago, back in the late 80s and early 90s, Mike Brom at the University of Nebraska did some of this work, but at that time it never was really taken up in the industry because we did not have the computerized controllers and the ability to turn down temperatures at night and turn them back up during the day automatically. So it, it didn't apply real practically, but now with uh, all the modern controllers we have, it can be done. And so we decided to revisit the topic because of the new equipment, because of the potential for improvement um, in the environmental footprint of pork production, and also the pigs have changed. 
and pigs are later now, so they generate tend to generate more heat. And so the whole concept might fit a little better than it did back in the early 90s. And I know that you collaborated with several colleagues that are at different universities. So do you mind sharing some of the other universities that were involved in this project? Sure. It, this project was actually done as a collaboration with the North Central Committee on uh, Swine Management. And um, in these studies, there's actually two studies we did together uh, at different times. I'm going to focus just on the second study today. But um, across the whole project, we had uh, folks from Ohio State University, South Dakota State, University of, of Missouri. Um, we also had uh, collaborators from uh, University of Nebraska. And so it was a good group that um, has worked together well for, for many years. And before we get too far in our conversation, I think it's important to give recognition to funding sources. So are you able to share how this project was funded? Yeah, it was, it was checkoff dollars. Um, we got support from the National Pork Board through the checkoff dollars and Minnesota Pork Board. And um, without, without that funding, we could not have done this study. And um, we hope that it benefits directly back to pork producers that paid into that checkoff fund. Yeah, thank you. I'm sure once we get talking about your results, you'll be able to give that applicable side to the outcomes of your project. So now talking a little bit more specifically about this research study, can you give a brief introduction, like explain why it was a valuable project to do? Well, as I said, um, trying to uh, conserve energy in pork production and, you know, maybe energy prices aren't totally outrageous currently or at the time we did the study, but there's continuing pressure on pork producers and production ag in general to reduce the environmental footprint of their products. And certainly pork producers are not immune to that. Um, we start, we're seeing um, food retailers and downstream um, processors coming back to the farm and saying, what are you doing to reduce your carbon footprint? What are you doing to conserve energy? Uh, we've seen it in Europe uh, drive towards that. So our thought was if we could do some things here and demonstrate some savings in energy and determine what the effects were on the pig, then possibly this would be a, a practice that producers could implement fairly easily on the farm and be reasonably confident that it did not have negative impacts on pigs or their bottom line. So that's why we embarked on the study and trying to confirm the work that had been done years ago, given that we have leaner pigs, faster growing pigs, probably a little better nutrition, and certainly more uh, sophisticated environmental controllers in nursery barns. So now that we know kind of the background of the project and reasoning for doing it, can you kind of talk us through how this study was completed? Sure, we had each collaborator um, on the study contributed at least two rooms worth of data. So um, two nursery rooms in the same barn and one room was considered the control room and that was managed as one normally would um, manage a, a swine nursery. Basically the temperature was set at, at about 86 degrees Fahrenheit at big height and it was maintained at that temperature day and night 
And then um, after the first week, started to ramp those temperatures down three and a half degrees Fahrenheit per week through, depending on the site, five or six weeks of the nursery study. So trying to reflect what would happen on a commercial farm. The reduced nocturnal temperature room, the RNT room, basically was managed the same as the control room for the first four days. So 86 degrees Fahrenheit, day and night for the first four days. Then beginning on the fifth day, at seven o'clock at night, the set point was changed to 15 degrees Fahrenheit lower than the daytime temperature. And that was maintained until seven o'clock in the morning. And then at seven o'clock in the morning, the temperature would come back up to the daytime temperature and go through this cycle um, every day and night. And that daytime temperature was also reduced three and a half degrees per week um, as the pigs aged. So basically what happened is at seven o'clock at night, if the room was set at 86 degrees, at seven o'clock at night, the temperature, the set point for the furnace was set for 71 degrees Fahrenheit. The fans were left alone. And so basically the fans would be moving minimum amount of air, moving air through the barn, and the room would slowly cool down until it hit 71 degrees, and then the furnace would kick in and start maintaining the temperature at 71 until 7 in the morning, and then the temperature was brought back up to 86 degrees for that day. And so this cycle would repeat each day throughout the, the nursery period. Listening to that, it kind of reminds me of the thermostat in my house and how I have it set. Pretty much basically the same thing, yes. Um, those automated thermostats and the, the key thing here is that it's seven o'clock at night the temperature is the set point is changed but you don't kick on fans to try to drive the temperature down just let the room cool down naturally and we found that you know once you got into two and three weeks of the, the nursery period that bottom that coolest temperature they didn't reach it in that room until maybe three in the morning. And so there was a lot of time where it was quite a bit warmer in that room, but you weren't putting in fossil fuel heat to maintain that temperature. And basically it says that the pigs were generating a fair bit of heat. In the late portion of the nursery period, we never did hit the bottom temperature at night because the pigs were generating so much heat. So now that you've explained how the study was set up and a little bit on what you found, can you share results of your study, what you found, what your conclusions were? Well, the, the important thing to note about the results was, uh, in terms of pig performance, there was no difference between the control room that was managed, call it traditionally, and the reduced nocturnal temperature room. Um, across the four universities, the same responses were seen at every university. Maybe the magnitude was a little different, but we averaged them all together. Um, the control room, pigs gain 0.99 pounds per day, and the reduced nocturnal temperature room, they gained 0.97 pounds per day. Um, feed intake was 1.34 pounds per day versus 1.32, and gain to feed was essentially the same at. 0.75. Um, 
So there wasn't any difference in pig performance. If we looked at pig treatments, pig mortality, no differences between the two treatments. And so pig performance was exactly the same. The difference was in the reduced nocturnal temperature room, we used 30% less heating fuel because we were measuring either the propane or the natural gas that was used to heat the room. And we used 20% less electricity in the reduced nocturnal temperature room. And that's mainly because the furnaces weren't running, so the fans distributing the heat weren't running. So you got equal performance, lower cost in terms of heating fuel and electricity, and um, no difference in health of the pigs. <clears throat> it's important to realize that the pig needs to come in, and we, we gotta give them four or five days, six days, to get on feed and get through the stress of weaning and be eating feed before we implement this, this uh, regimen. The other thing is if you go in at night and look at the pigs in the nursery, they're piled. They look cold and as a manager you say, oh, this isn't good. But we, we went through that and let them pile and the performance shows that there wasn't any differences. So based off of these results, what are some important takeaways that you would share with pork producers about what you found in this research? Well, a lot of producers are, are skeptical and rightfully so, and they don't want to jump on this bandwagon right away. And so they want to do it, do it themselves and test it, and I think that's wise. Um, they can start, they don't have to go 15 degrees at night. Our first study was 10 degrees Fahrenheit. And we saw basically the same results. Um, so let the pigs come in, get them situated, get them settled in for a week, and then start. And then maybe just drop it five degrees at night. And then if you feel comfortable with that, then you can go a little bit more. And each time you're capturing more savings in, in heating fuel and electricity and monitor pig performance and health. And um, we would expect that there wouldn't be a difference. There might be. Um, some differences if there's some health challenges in the pigs. Maybe you don't want to do the, the reduced nocturnal temperature on some of those pigs till they get through those stresses. Um, the other important thing is that you get the right controller and you need a controller that is going to allow you to separate fans from the heater. So you decouple those. Uh, there are controllers on the market that you say we want to set the temperature back at night and They'll program it in, and then at the given hour, in this our case, 7 o'clock, the controller will kick on all the fans, change the set point, and cool the room down pretty quickly. And that doesn't make sense because you've already spent the money to get the heat in that room. Why blow it out all of a sudden? And the controllers we used allow you to decouple those fans and heaters so now the room can cool down to the new set point, and that seems to be much more efficient. It's, of course, a more expensive controller, but you'll be able to capture benefits later, hopefully. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. Do you have any last comments that you would like to add before we end our conversation? Well, I think the only thing I would add is, uh, I forgot to mention, depending on how you do the economics, um, our, our uh, calculations were that Across the farms involved in this study, we saved anywhere from $3.28 to a pig 
to 76 cents a pig. Of course, that depends a lot on how you're managing the control room. And in that $3 savings, it was a nursery that they actually were blowing a lot of heat out through the fans. They had some settings that were incorrect. Um, so if you take the more conservative, maybe it's somewhere between 85 cents and a buck a pig. Um, assuming propane is $1.60 a gallon and electricity is 10 cents a kilowatt hour. But uh, producers can do their own math. Uh, if performance doesn't suffer and health and um, health of the pigs is not different, then whatever savings in fuel you have, that's money to the bottom line. So um, encourage producers to try it. And as fuel energy prices go up, this will become more valuable. And um, go slowly and try it out. And as you get more bold and comfortable with it, can can be more aggressive. In our nursery here at our research center, we use this routinely as our normal normal production practice. Thank you for adding some of the cost and the economics in there. That was one thing that I was wondering about, and I'm sure that pork producers listening would also want to know that as well. Well, this wraps up our podcast for today. Again, thank you, Lee, for sharing your research on effects of reduced nocturnal temperature on pig performance and energy consumption in swine nursery rooms. I'd like to also thank all of those that are listening to the University of Minnesota Swine Extension podcast. Again, this has been Sarah Sheik Belke, Swine Extension Educator, along with Lee Johnston, Professor of Swine Nutrition and Management and Director of Operations, sharing his research with us today. To further connect with the University of Minnesota Swine Extension, please be sure to visit our swine-specific web pages on the University of Minnesota Extension's website at www.extension.umn.edu backslash swine. And on those swine pages, you'll find connections to our blog as well as our Facebook page. To learn about research being done by our faculty in veterinary medicine, please be sure to check out their blog, known as Swine in Minnesota at www.umnswinenews.com.